Greetings, everyone. I'm really excited about this particular lesson that we're going to be covering today. We're talking about the Family Life Boosters, and today I'm going to be focused on part seven, which is listen. Listen. I believe that listening is one of those skills that's the most underrated. We spend so much time teaching people how to speak. We're very anxious as we're raising our children with regards to how they speak and how they articulate themselves. But how many of you have ever been taught how to listen? And how many of you view listening as a biblical virtue? I believe that as we unpack these principles, this is going to boost our family life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the riches and the depth of your word. We open our hearts to you and we ask God that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the Greek, the word listen is the word akuo. And it's actually where we get the word acoustics from. And it means to hear. It means to comprehend by hearing. Okay, so it's to understand. It's to take heed. All right. It's the same root for that English word acoustics, which speaks of hearing, isn't it? In Hebrew, it is the word sama, which means to listen, to obey, and to yield to. And it's so interesting because even in some of our local cultures, you see that link between listening and obeying. And I believe if we want to raise a righteous generation, we need to actually teach our children how to hear the father's voice, how to hear the mother's voice. This is so, so crucial. You know, there's a link between listening and obedience. In fact, in my home language, Shona, when we talk about a child being naughty, we say, Ane msikanzwa. Msikanzwa literally is non-listening. Okay, the naughty child is the non-listening child. And you can see this in Hebrew culture also, where that word listen is very linked, to, very much linked to taking heed and obeying. In James chapter 1, verse 19, the Bible says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This is so important. There's a link between being quick to speak, having a, a, a quick uh, response to things, being triggered by things, quick to speak, and also becoming angry, right? Um, so let me read it again. James 1.19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Whether you're the boss, whether you're a father or mother, regardless of who you are, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This is so important, you see. And when we look in scripture, we don't focus just on the word listen. We also look at words like attentiveness. And that's the word ekremamai in the Greek, which means to hang upon the lips of a speaker. Isn't that powerful? To hang upon the lips of a speaker. It's an attitude of concentration and readiness. Readiness to act upon what you've heard. Readiness to listen. Readiness to obey. All right. Now, <clears throat> I want to I want to highlight something in the Bible and also in our local uh, cultures. We see this correlation between listening and obedience. And I want to encourage you to instill this in your children, to instill this in each other, even in a church setting. This is crucial. We cannot obey if we haven't heard. We cannot follow if we haven't 
accurately heard. And the reason why people make mistakes in exams and don't do that well is they didn't really listen to the instructions. The reason why people get disqualified in races, they didn't really listen to the instructions. The reason why children very often get in trouble, they didn't really listen to the instructions. Think of the number of times you say to your kids, why did you end up doing that? Oh, I thought you wanted me to do the other thing. Now, ignorance is not bliss. That's the thing about life. Ignorance is not bliss. It's your responsibility to have fully heard. This is so important. So as we go deep into this, I'd like you to reflect on yourself and ask yourself certain questions with regards to your listening ability. Are you really listening or not? Okay, where are you at? Is this a skill that you've got or not? Right? Now, the interesting thing about God is that God listens to our prayers. He pays attention to them. God is a good listener. Think of all the prayers he has to listen to. Think of all your detailed prayers. God is a good listener, and if we want to be like him, we also need to be good listeners. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, the Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. So God sees you, okay? He's the Lord who sees, the God who sees, but at the same time, he's also listening to your prayers. He's attentive to your prayer. Isn't that so powerful? And then it goes on to say, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So let's reflect on some of these things. When was the last time you set aside time to solely listen to someone important to you? Someone in your family, right? As opposed to setting aside time to tell someone something. See, we're very good at saying, I want to just set aside time so I can tell this person A, B, C, D. But how many of you are good at setting aside time just to listen? If you don't plan listening time, if you don't plan your listening, it won't happen very often, right? Do you plan what to listen to as opposed to just planning what you will say? Do you plan what you will listen to? Where you say, you know what, I want to really hear this person out. I want to listen to the sub-conversation, not just the conversation, okay? If you want to build your listening muscle, you need to consider planning how and when you will listen. I sometimes have certain conversations with people where prior to starting the conversation, I've decided today I just want to listen. Today, I just want to draw them out. If you don't plan these things, planning is preparing the details beforehand. If you don't plan to listen, you'll go by your default especially if listening isn't a strong skill in your life, okay? Do people talk about how great you are or how great you have made them? Because one of the marks of great leaders is they unlock greatness in other people. You know, people, when they would speak of Nelson Mandela, they would say, you would anticipate meeting this great man, but after meeting with him, you would come out of the meeting feeling like you're the one who's great. And very often it happens when someone is a good listener. They make you feel significant when they listen to you. You know, when people share their opinion, do you automatically start sharing yours? Or do you draw them out to hear more about their opinion? What I've noticed about most people is they'll share their opinion and uh, straight afterwards someone else will share theirs. You know those conversations, right? where we in family setups and it's like, well, you know what I was like at school? Well, we know what I was like at school, right? 
Oh, I had this shopping experience the other day. Oh, let me tell you about my shopping experience. And what happens is our conversations become very superficial because no one digs deeper. No one asks more than two questions deep to really hear out the other person with regards to what actually took place. How do you start conversations? Do you ask people how they are doing in a conditioned way, but you don't really listen to them? You know, when people say to you, oh, so how's it going? Oh, how's the family? And they're already on to the next question, but they haven't fully heard you out in terms of your first question. I like what Ken Blanchard said, real communication happens when we feel safe. So what are you doing to make your family members feel safe around you? You see, so often we blame people, don't we? And we say, talk more, talk more, talk more. Instead of actually saying, what am I doing to create an environment of safety where this person actually wants to pour their heart out? You see, very often people just pour out their minds, not their hearts, because they don't feel safe with you. I like what Maya Angelou said in The Heart of a Woman. The most called upon prerequisite of a friend is an accessible ear. The most called upon prerequisite of a friend is an accessible ear. I've had people, I remember one person who I was coaching said, Paul, I'm actually paying you to be my best friend. The person is probably listening to this. I'm, I'm actually paying you to be my best friend. I don't have a best friend and I'm actually paying you for that. All right. And very often as coaches, that's what we are trained to do, to listen to people. But people out there are desperate for a listening ear. Are you that type of friend who's listening to his friends? Often we blame other things for our poor attentive, attentiveness. Have you noticed that? We'll blame other things. Who or what do you blame for your poor listening skills? Just think about that. Who or what do you blame for your poor listening skills? Oh, the person who talks too much. Oh, the person is rambling. Well, shape the conversation. Oh, you know what? There's so much noise around. Well, switch off the noise, okay? Are you creating meaningful spaces for your family members' stories to be heard? This is important. There are certain stories in your family right now that haven't been shared because there's no meaningful space to share them. You see, there are certain stories that will only be told when the right questions are asked and when a safe environment is created. Instead of forcing your family members to talk, 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 and to just keep talking more, focus on creating the right environment as a social architect. That's what social architects do. They create an environment. So let's take a long, hard look at ourselves and assess our listening skills. How well are we doing on this front? In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says, there's a time to tear and there's a time to mend. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. Do you know when it's time to speak? Do you know when it's time to be silent? The challenge with a lot of people is they don't know. They speak when they should be silent. I remember years ago at the start of my career, uh, there was a guy who was mentoring me who I reported to. And we traveled somewhere and we were seeing some very important person. And I shared a few things in the particular meeting. It was interesting because the feedback this mentor of mine gave me afterwards, he says, Paul, what you said was great. You spoke at the right time. You came in at the right time. And I remember that and it was significant for me because, of course, I wanted to know, did I say too much? Did I say too little? It wasn't my place to just start speaking at the beginning. 
All right? Let me say this. Very often, the person who speaks second in a meeting is the most influential in the meeting. See, we've got this thing of, let me just speak before everyone else. Let me say what I want to say before they've said it. But you know what? When you listen first, when you listen to someone else first, when you then are speaking second, you can take fodder from what they've said to you, right? And you use their own words in your narrative and you're more likely to influence them. It's very powerful when you speak second. Don't be in a rush to speak first all the time, okay? Too much speaking gets into the way of uh, good listening. And it's important to understand that, okay? John Vorta said, the truth is I interrupt because I like to control conversations. I want them to follow my agenda, to proceed at my pace, to end where I would like them to end. Because of that, I'm quick to speak, slow to listen. Are you a control freak? And to what extent are you always talking and not listening because of control? You see, often it's easy to talk. It's often easier, actually, to convince people and to persuade them. And we often have this mindset that we have the best thoughts to share don't we, right? But in doing so, we're actually missing out on a whole world of ideas that could actually enrich us. And this is actually a form of pride. It's a form of pride. Very often people who dominate conversations, people who cut in when other people are speaking, very often at the root of that, it's pride. It's a pride that says, I can't learn from you. You can't teach me anything right now, all right? I'm the one who's supposed to be speaking, you see. So just remember that the person who is most influential in a conversation is actually the one who speaks second, not the one who speaks first. Important to understand this. Very, very crucial. If you're struggling with talking too much and not listening, I encourage you to practice either the 10-minute rule or the silent test, okay? For how long can you be quiet in a conversation, okay? I'm talking about being quiet and engaged at the same time, not quiet and detached. You see, some people, when they try to work on their listening skills, they become detached, and people are like, what's going on, what's going on? No, you can be that person who's quiet in a conversation, but asking questions that get to the heart of the matter. You can be the person who's quiet in a conversation, but practicing active listening, which we'll talk about in a while. You see, we honor God's creation by being attentive to it. We honor God's creation by being attentive to it. Now, what are some benefits of listening? What are some benefits of listening? Listening builds up your family members in at least three aspects of their self-esteem. They will feel more significant as a person. That sense of, I matter. They will feel a greater sense of worth. Hey, my perspective is worth hearing. They will feel more secure as a person. I'm loved and prioritized. You see, there's no competition with your work or your hobbies or their siblings. I was doing a memorial uh, recently and the daughter of the person who had passed on said something so powerful. She said, the thing about my mother's love, I never felt secondary in her presence. I just think that's so powerful. I never felt secondary in her presence. It's that sense of there's no competition with your phone, with your work, you know, with other people. You see, listening helps to prevent isolation. 
The other person doesn't feel alone. This feeling of isolation is one of the biggest marriage killers. It's one of the biggest family eroders. So it's important to actually address emotional intimacy in a family setting. So crucial. Listening draws out the sub-conversations. You're listening not just to what's being said. You're also listening to what's not being said. You're learning a lot from the silence. See, people operate in layers. And often it takes real listening to actually get someone to unravel those layers. Often your family members may be protesting, right? And instead of reacting to the protest, rather listen to the sub-conversation. Hey, why are you so upset about this? I can see something has triggered you here. Most of us are so focused on ourselves. So the moment someone is in reaction mode, we now focus on that. Hey, how can you react like that? Instead of really listening, really listening to their pain. This is so important. It happens when we're intentional, doesn't it? Okay. For example, your spouse might say to you, you're working too hard and you don't have time for your health and for the children. Instead of reacting to that and saying, don't you appreciate all my hard work? Don't you know how much I need to be working? A good response would be, oh, it seems to have affected you. Why do you feel so strongly about this? You see, you're intensely curious. You cannot separate curiosity from real listening. After 10 minutes of listening to her, she might end up saying, I guess I'm just missing you. That's the sub-conversation. See, someone doesn't just come out and just say that. Very often they won't just say that because that makes them feel vulnerable. And maybe they're not in that space of safety to express vulnerability. Okay, so that's the conversation. That's the sub-conversation that they're going into. She feels safer to communicate her real needs when she knows that you're truly listening. Another thing about listening that's a great benefit is that it helps you to scratch where it's really itching. You know, a lot of people in the medical world, they will try and come up with solutions without an accurate diagnosis. And you know that very often we are doing that. We like that doctor that ends up destroying someone's life because they'd misdiagnosed the person. They assumed they knew what was really going on. And very often we do that. We're looking for solutions for someone, but we haven't really diagnosed. And in order to truly diagnose, you have to ask the right questions. Other thing about listening is that it builds emotional intimacy, right? Emotional intimacy, and I always say this, emotional intimacy is built one conversation at a time. And it's built through listening. It's built through listening. For those who are married, it often results in sexual intimacy, right? And often we make demands for sexual intimacy without actually taking time to build emotional intimacy. And finally, I want to say that listening will help you to understand your family members, to really understand them, to understand their pain, to understand their strengths, their weaknesses, who influences them, who are their heroes, the only way I can find that out is by asking my family members questions. You see, listening is the primary vehicle for truly learning about your family members, who they are, and what do they need from me right now. I won't know what my brother really needs from me right now if I don't ask him. I can't guess these things. Sometimes we've got this thing where we think, if I'm the perfect dad or perfect husband, I must just know. Mm -mm. You have to be able to ask. Now, if listening has all these benefits, why don't we listen? Why don't we listen? In Proverbs 18 verse 2, the Bible says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding. 
but they delight in airing their own opinions. Isn't this true? Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but they delight in airing their own opinions. If you're someone who's desperate to understand, you will listen. You will listen. You see, when we don't listen, it shows that we're fools and that we don't desire understanding. Do you desire understanding? Then you'll be a good listener. You see, listening gives you understanding. If you want to understand your spouse, learn to listen. If you want to understand your siblings, learn to listen. Even if you disagree with them, one of the marks of a great listener is they're able to listen to someone and restate what that person has said to them, even if they disagree. Many of us, we do the opposite. The moment start, someone starts going down a pathway that we disagree with, we shut down. It's like, oh, it's not worth listening. But you know that you actually learn so much about someone if you listen to them, even when you disagree, because you understand where the gaps are and you understand what, where they're coming from. Just have that curiosity, that curiosity that says, I wonder why this person believes this. I wonder what's driving them to this particular thing, even though I think it's foolish. Why is my child so desperate to do this or so desperate to hang out with this person? Let me just hear them out instead of shutting them down. And this is so important, especially with our children. You see, you want to make sure you're not quick to shut them down. You want to make sure that you truly understand why they're doing what they're doing. If not, they will still end up doing it, but they'll do it behind your back. Now, we know that listening is important in family. So why don't we practice it as much as we would like? See, when we understand how our behavior was learned, that behavior of not listening, it becomes easier for us to unlearn it. And here are a number of reasons why we don't listen to our family members. We don't listen to our family members because we think we already know, and that's pride. We think we have the solution, so we're impatient, and we assume that's all they want, okay? We forget that sometimes when people talk to us, they're not looking for a solution. Sometimes they just want to feel heard. Sometimes it's attention-seeking behavior. Sometimes they just want to bounce off something. They've already made their minds up, but they're looking for your validation. That's why sometimes when you're engaging with someone, you want to actually say, why are you sharing this with me? What do you need from me right now? Do you just want a listening ear or do you want a solution? Because I, I, I can do either, right? You see, we generally have a superiority complex that thinks it has figured the other person out and it's often based on pride and that's why we don't listen. Let's be honest with ourselves. In Proverbs 12, 15, the Bible says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So fools already believe their own press, okay? Fools are overconfident concerning their perspective. Fools have this mindset that, you know what, I can't be wrong in this situation. They're not conscious of their blind spots. You see, when you're conscious of your blind spots and you're humble enough to be conscious of them, you will seek advice. You see, sometimes we don't listen because we assume that our family members are the same every day. So they start speaking to us and we're like, it's the same issue he had two weeks ago. It's the same issue she had two months ago. But you know that people are always changing. Your 10-year-old child is not the same today as they were when they were eight years old. And they're not the same as they were when they were five years old. They are changing. We forget that people change. The woman you married 20 years ago, she's not the same today, is she? 
So why do you put her in a box and you're already answering her questions, right? Or assuming you know what she wants before you fully heard her out. You see, we forget that people change. And so we presuppose that today's narrative will be the same as yesterday's. And it's a myth. It's a myth. Another reason for not listening is impatience. The reality is that relationships and efficiency is a bit of an oxymoron. Okay? That's the reality. Relationships require time. You know, listening requires time. And maybe we're not used to listening. That's, that's a biggie for a lot of people. All right? Listening requires time and maybe you're not used to listening, right? Listening is a habit that you build and many people haven't given themselves time to develop listening habits. See, as an executive coach, I'm paid to listen, right? But for a lot of people who come from a background of only telling, they get so used to it and listening can become very difficult for them, right? Sometimes it's important to learn how to be agile relationally, learn how to switch roles, you find someone who's commanding everyone in the workplace. They come home and they're commanding everyone. And they're the firstborn in their family. Very often it becomes difficult to be a good listener. You have to switch roles and know that there's a time to listen and there's a time to speak. So crucial. One girl said to another, I can only stand him for an hour. He gets tired of listening after that. All right. And that's so true, isn't it? There's some people who are just talking and talking and talking. I can only stand him for an hour. He gets tired of listening after that. You see, just because you're always telling people what to do at work does not mean telling will work at home. Sometimes you literally have to switch modes. Sometimes you literally have to switch modes. So crucial. In Proverbs 18 verse 13, it says, He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. Have you ever had a conversation with someone where you're midway in what you're speaking and then they start answering something, but they're answering a different question? They're assuming they know what you wanted to say. It's a bad habit that people have, but it's also the reason why people fail exams. They didn't really answer the whole question, right? They misinterpreted the question. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. See, uncontrolled talking hinders listening. Have you noticed that? We are often so busy talking, and as a result, there's no room for listening. I like what Elaine St. James uh, said in Inner Simplicity. It's amazing how much you can hear when no one is saying anything. A lot of times, people struggle with silence. You know, when a relationship is healthy, you're comfortable with the silent moments. A lot of people don't listen effectively because they don't listen to the silence. A lot of people don't listen effectively because they are uncomfortable in silence. Have you noticed that when you meet someone for the first time or someone you're not used to, someone you feel insecure around, you're constantly trying to fill those silent gaps, those silent moments. And that's where foolishness kicks in. The Bible says that in the multitude of words, when there are a lot of words, there's much transgression. So let's be careful of that. You see, poor listening, and this is so important, is sometimes because people struggle with emotional intimacy. Have you noticed that when people start to really listen, it brings them closer and it's very powerful? But as a result, we become uncomfortable sometimes with the vulnerability or the awkwardness that it brings. 
that emotional intimacy actually ends up bringing about. And it's because of the listening. So we avoid it. And we're like, oh, let me just get out of here. Oh, let me just keep the talking light. All right. People stop listening sometimes because they're task orientated. Okay. Um, so they don't listen. They're problem solvers. And they let's solve the problem and let's get on with it. All right. And that's not always what the people around you actually need. Sometimes we don't listen because it's a form of revenge. And I want you to really listen carefully as I'm sharing this with you and see where you are at. It's a form of revenge. We're bitter because we feel like, wait a minute, they never listen to my issues. So why should I listen to theirs? This is a big reason why people don't listen. Right? No one ever listens to me. And sometimes we've made an inner vow. Why should I listen if no one ever listens to me? I encourage you, learn to forgive. Learn to forgive. It's not tit for tat, especially in a marriage situation. Marriage is covenantal. You promised to be there for your spouse. You promised that you'll be there for them emotionally, right? That you'll contribute to the marriage, not contaminate it. So listen, even when the other person isn't really listening to you. In the New York Times, it reads, sometimes the news is in the noise and sometimes the news is in the silence. Do you value the news that comes from the silence? Are you listening to what people are just saying? Are you listening also to what they're not saying? It's a bit like, you know, when you're playing football, isn't it? Or soccer. Uh, you know, very often it's not just about what you do with the ball, but how good you are without the ball. And listening is a bit like that. It's not just about how good you are at speaking. It's also about how good you are at listening. We don't listen because we often practice counterfeits to true listening. Think about it. Selective hearing, right? It's only, I only listen when I am interested. I only listen to the things that I'm, I'm interested in. I'll look out for those things. And so you end up being that person who just listens to the headlines. And then you get caught out because people are like, oh, okay, you were just listening to the highlights or the headlines. All right. Be careful of that. Some people are very selective when it comes to their listening, when it comes to meetings. And it becomes very obvious. Be careful of that when you're in a meeting, especially if you're a leader. Because people can see through it. Oh, he was very attentive to person X. But how come he seemed to be ignoring person Y? He completely got distracted when person Y was speaking. All right. And many people, they listen only enough to reply instead of listening to truly understand. This is so important. So important. Imagine what would happen to our relationships if my posture toward you was, you know what, can you help me to see what the world looks like from your mountaintop? Just help me to see what it looks like from your mountaintop. You see, Stephen Covey once spoke about this quite extensively, saying that we must seek first to understand before we are understood. Yet most of us, we're seeking to be understood first, aren't we? If I'm having a conversation with you, you're saying to me, Paul, just hear me out, hear me out, give me a sec, give me a sec, just hear me out. We're desperate to be understood, all right? The need to be understood in conversations is like oxygen is to the lungs. We're so desperate for it. And then what am I saying to you? Hey, hear me out. Give me a sec. But it would all change if I just said, help me to understand the world from your perspective. What does it look like from your mountaintop? 
talk to me. So seek first to understand before you're understood. And you know what? Jesus was like that, wasn't he? He was like that. I'm amazed. I was saying this to someone the other day. I'm amazed by how Jesus would say certain things. And I'm thinking, but Jesus, come on, give your backup story. Explain yourself here or else they won't understand you. But he didn't mind. He didn't mind. But they won't understand where you're coming from. They'll misunderstand you. It'll affect your brand. He was so full of the delight of the Father, the validation that came from Father God. He was not caught up with the need for approval from people. Let me give you some tips when it comes to listening. And these are low-hanging fruit. This is low-hanging fruit, and I'm hoping that it will help you out. Okay, Just look them in the eyes and also watch their body language. If you want to be a great listener, just look, look them in the eyes. Right when you're listening to someone, as opposed to looking away, and often people say, "But in my culture, but in my culture," I'm telling you right now, there's the power of looking at someone. It says Jesus looked at the rich man and loved him. Okay, there's the power of looking at someone, being attentive and not coming across as distracted. So so important. There was a little five-year-old boy. I think he was five at the time, and he was trying to talk to his dad. And his dad was watching some basketball and was like, you know, one of the last plays of the match and so on. And he was like, dad, listen to me. And he's like, I'm listening. I'm listening, son. I'm listening. He was like, dad, listen to me with your eyes. And for a moment, the dad thought, my son doesn't understand how the human body works. My son is struggling with the physiology. I thought they'd covered this at school. And then he realized that his son was communicating a much deeper truth. Dad, give me your attention. Give me your attention. So look them in the eyes and watch their body language, okay? Because their body language will be saying a lot more than just their words, okay? Actively demonstrate interest in their subject matter, okay? Because this will actually encourage them to share more deeply. It's amazing. Sometimes I coach certain people and then I get into teach mode and I share a nugget and the person is like, wow. Or they'll say something like, I've never heard this before. Wow, this is so useful. And it just draws so much out of me because of their active listening. Okay, Some of you, your challenge is that when you're listening, you look disengaged. You've got a blank look on your face. And what happens when you've got that blank look? People will fill in the blank. They'll just walk away and they'll think to themselves, did you see how she was resisting my ideas? Okay, Because you had this deadpan look on your face. Okay. Active listening is so powerful, it draws out the other person. Have you noticed that when you've got a blank look on your face, the person then starts apologizing for speaking? Okay, I've been rambling, I know I've been rambling. You know, I've had that happen to me before and I'm thinking, the person wasn't rambling. In fact, what they were saying was quite interesting. But I wasn't using active listening skills. I had a blank look on my face, okay? And that's already communicating something to them. The other thing is you have to get rid of the internal noise and also the external noise. So what's distracting you from really listening? There are times when I'll say to my wife, you know what, my love, um, let me do this. Let me actually just finish that admin so that I can give you full, my full attention. What am I doing? I'm getting rid of the internal noise because if I don't finish that admin or if I don't respond to that email, I'll be worried about that email, right? I'll be worried about that situation while she's trying to communicate something important to me. And it's important for you on the other side to be gracious when people say that because they're actually showing you love. They're actually saying you're so important 
I want to give you full, my full attention, but right now I can't. And it's important to be mature in our relationships in this particular way. Also get rid of the external noise, okay? So if it's an important conversation, make sure you're not going to be distracted. Sometimes if I'm in a restaurant, for example, let's say I'm on a date with my wife, I'll make sure I don't sit facing a TV screen when I know there's a soccer match that I'm interested in because of course my eyes will wander and I'll be watching a bit of that soccer match instead of being fully focused on my wife. Very important. Practice the 10-minute rule if you struggle with that uh, silence muscle of yours, okay? That 10-minute rule is where you're saying, I'm going to just listen for 10 minutes, okay? Uh, another important thing is position yourself as an equal, not a superior. Sometimes when you have that thing, that posture of, I am superior in this conversation, you won't listen properly. You'll cut in. So position yourself as an equal, not a superior. And finally, understand their goals for talking to you. And I touched on this a bit earlier on. You know, you can literally ask them, right? Are they just missing you and just want your attention, right? Are they wanting to pick your brain on something? Are they needing a solution? Are they wanting a coaching conversation where you draw them out and they come up with the solution? This is so important. You know, I've had coaching sessions before uh, with people. I remember one particular guy said to me, yeah, Paul, you know, I think it's a waste of money sometimes when, you know, psychologists just, uh, just only listen to us, you know, and, and uh, they don't take responsibility. They don't answer my questions, you know, and they throw back my questions at me. You know, I don't really like it. Now, in terms of some coaching skills and some counseling skills, that's actually good. But there's some people who are like, no, I want you to teach me something. I've come to you for some knowledge, right? So it's important to actually know what is the person looking for. I want to encourage you to practice active listening, okay? This is the art of actually communicating that you are indeed listening and making the other person feel heard. You see, sometimes I've been in situations where my wife will say to me, did you hear what I've just said? I'll say, yes, I heard. And she'll say, what did I say? And then I repeat back what she said. And there are times when uh, maybe she looks a bit surprised, but it was actually a thing where I should have been communicating to her that I was hearing, I was listening. And the way you do that is using certain phrases, okay? And I want to give you some of these phrases. You can use them as scripts. For example, you can say, in other words, what you're saying is, hey, I hear you saying such and such. Oh, so what you're saying is, okay, so you're restating it, okay. Oh, so you think we should. And I've had times where I'll say to someone, okay, so what I'm hearing you say is, and then they'll say, no, that's not what I'm actually saying. I'm glad we clarified that, okay. Oh, so you're feeling that. People love that. You're just restating what they've said okay oh i think i hear you saying and here don't be a mind reader base it on what they've actually said okay um let me just make sure i understand you correctly okay another thing you can say is would you please tell me more about you see you're drawing that person out and sometimes short responses actually help all right um oh tell me more oh wow Really? And then what? Oh, can you just talk me through that again? So I really understand. I want to make sure I fully get it. Go on. Oh, that's so useful. What else? Extremely powerful phrases to use when it comes to listening to someone. 
Let me give you some questions that you can ask people to draw them out. Give me a little background. How did you come to that conclusion? Oh, can you tell me a little more about this? Can you run me through exactly what happened? This is so interesting. Oh, um, you used such and such a word. Can you just clarify what that means? What did you mean when you said X? Oh, can you give me an example of what you're talking about with specific details, please? Can you see you drawing out the other person? What do you want in this situation? What are you looking for in this situation? Okay, and just tell me, what outcome are you shooting for here? Hey, what makes this important to you? What's behind this? How is this affecting you? What bothers you most about the situation? Can you see what's happening? You're asking questions that draw out another person, and it's extremely powerful. Now, what are the consequences of not listening to your family members? What happens when you fail to listen to them? You end up ministering to the wrong thing and then you miss the mark. It's like misreading that exam question. And so often what's happening is we're doing devotions in a way that our family doesn't appreciate. Okay, We're buying them gifts and presents that they don't actually like. We're making our favorite meals, but no one else in the family enjoys them. All right, Simply because we failed to listen to them. They end up feeling isolated and they feel rejected. And very often it results in emotional betrayal. You see, you see, this need is so strong that they inevitably will find someone else who will listen to them. And in marriage, this can become very dangerous. Okay, because if that person is of the opposite sex, it leads to unhealthy levels of intimacy. Okay, you know, ladies, I want to say this very often where your words go, your emotions soon follow. And we find that a lot of marriages today are being destroyed because maybe a husband isn't really listening to his wife's pain and she pours out. And of course, it's the same the other way around. Very often, a wife is not listening to her husband's pain and he goes and pours out elsewhere. So just be careful and just remember that where your words go, very often your emotions also follow. Okay? Very important to understand that. Now, uh, a lot of times we end up not listening to feedback, especially from our spouses. We end up not listening to feedback from them. And so because of that, we don't learn anything from them. You know, your job when someone gives you feedback is firstly to listen to it, to thank them for it, and then to seek clarity, not to defend, but to seek clarity. If you say, Paul, I don't like your shirt, okay? What's, what's the natural human response? Well, let's see your shirt. What's your shirt like? Where did you buy it from? What's the quality like? Right? So for a lot of people, attack is the best form of defense. But they're being quick to speak as opposed to being slow to speak. Right? They're being quick to get angry as opposed to being slow. So my job is to seek clarity. Oh, when you say you don't like my shirt, is it the color? Is it the style? Is it the quality? And then you might end up saying to me, you know what, Paul, there's nothing wrong with your shirt. It's just that it's a formal shirt. And today we said we'll be dressed in smart casual. Oh, so you're actually okay with my shirt. It's just the use of it. So you ask them the right questions. You're listening. You're seeking clarity. Okay. Uh, again, very, very important. Right. Um, 
<clears throat> ask yourself, how has what she has just said to me helped me better understand her when she gives you feedback or when he gives you feedback? Of what are they afraid? What's stressing them? You see, even if you disagree with the feedback, what's stressing them, right? If you don't listen to each other, your relationship becomes superficial. You know, it's an exciting journey, an educational journey when you're a good listener. One of the things we've found is that the networks of men tend to be wider but shallower than the networks of women. And that's why very often, uh, husbands and wives, you travel somewhere and you go and you meet another couple. What happens when you meet that other couple? Three hours later, you're driving back home and your wife says to you, gentlemen, the wife says to you, do you know that your friend Bobby has just been uh, diagnosed with that condition and is going into surgery in two weeks? And you're like, no, we were just talking sports and politics. All right. So it's something to really think about as men. We've got wider networks that open doors for us, but very often we are shallow, all right? Uh, it's important to learn to go deeper, right? And the way you go deeper is learning how to open up a closed spirit, opening up a closed spirit through genuine listening. Some women have become closed because of hurt and pain. Some men have become closed because of hurt and pain, right? And we need to master the art of opening up a closed spirit. I remember years ago, there was a book in my parents' uh, bookshelf, and it was entitled To Love Again. And one of the chapters was actually called How to Open Up a Closed Spirit. And that's what you do when you're really listening. And when you're not listening, one of the major consequences is that you end up with people who are closed. And we end up with these families where we're experiencing crowded loneliness. Everyone thinks everything is okay because we're civil toward each other. We're going about our business, but in all honesty, there's no emotional intimacy, okay? Some people only open up when they know that someone is fully present listening, so they've got layers. They only open up when they know that someone is fully present listening. You see, sometimes we're not attentive to the right things. Have you noticed that? You will always give attention to something. Make sure the thing you're giving attention to is what God says you must give attention to. So crucial. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 21 to 22, it says, do not pay attention to every word people say. So are you listening to things you're not supposed to be listening to? Are you giving attention to things that you ought not to be giving attention to? Do not pay attention to every word people say. Some of you are meditating too much on what people have said. It goes on to say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. There's some things that are better left unknown, left unheard. It says, for you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. Think of the number of times you've thought evil concerning people. So why are you surprised when other people are thinking evil of you? In Hebrews 2 verse 1, it says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. People are drifting away today because they're not paying careful attention to what they first heard, how they were taught, giving heed to that and yielding to it. Remember at the start, I shared with you the meaning of that word, listen, okay? In Titus 1 verses 13 through to 14, it says, this saying is true. 
Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the merely human commands of those who reject the truth. Cults are forming today because people are paying attention to the wrong thing. He had saying they will pay no attention to Jewish myths after they've been rebuked. Okay, so important. So there are consequences to not paying close attention to the right things. You drift away. You get involved in false ministries and false doctrines because you're paying attention to the wrong things. So my question to you is, to what do you pay most attention? Is it um, the Premier League you know, the log. Some people are addicted to that. Oh, how many points has this team got? Oh, where are they? And so on. And they pay more attention to that than the word of God. Okay. Very important. In Nehemiah 8 verse 3, it says, Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. That's how long the people were listening. And today people have got a problem with their attention span, you know. It's like we have to keep reducing the length of sermons. Oh, you know, people can't give attention to your sermon for that long, right? What's happened? What's happened? From morning until midday, he was reading out, right? It says, before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law, right? So powerful. Morning till midday. How many hours is that? They were attentive to the book of the law. The people in China today, the people who haven't been exposed to the word of God, people in the underground church, you know, so desperate to hear the word of the Lord. They'll have long services where you're just hearing the word. You see, you can be attentive for long and you can pray for this. Lord, help me with my concentration span when it comes to your word, when it comes to listening. Okay, daybreak till noon. There's a Native American proverb, listen or thy tongue will keep thee deaf. So important. Listen or thy tongue will keep thee deaf. You can't truly listen if you're always speaking. Listening is the key to greatness. It's a key to learning. To gain empathy, listen with your eyes, listen with your heart. And listen with your ears. And remember that people have a desire to be understood. One of the destroyers of marriages today is when husbands don't listen to their wives, when wives don't listen to their husbands. Okay? We often filter things through our own perspectives, don't we? Instead of trying to understand another person's frame of reference. And that's the essence of empathy. When you can listen to someone from their frame of reference. You see, when people are in trouble, they want to share with someone who will give them all the time to listen. Make time for listening. It's actually a sign of honor. The cornerstone of genuine empathy is the ability to listen, right, to someone and to actually specifically listen to their pain or their happiness. You rejoice with those who are rejoicing and you mourn with those who are mourning. Do you have that ability to be with someone in their pain or to be with someone in their happiness? And you know what? Empathy is easy to learn. It's where you can restate something to someone 
where you're feeling with them. It comes from that Latin word, em and pathos, all right? Feeling into wearing someone else's moccasins, okay? I feel you. I hear you. So crucial. And empathy takes time, right? And often, yes, we love efficiency, but it's efficiency when it comes to things. But when it comes to people, very often, it takes time. See, it's only when you're on the same page about what's really important that efficiency with people becomes effective. But you first have to be on the same page. So in conclusion, I want to ask you some questions. These are powerful take-home questions for you. What bad listening habits do you need to stop? What bad listening habits do you need to stop? What are you going to start doing differently as a result of this message in terms of putting into practice listening habits? What are the listening opportunities you have today and this week? Listening opportunities. You can say to yourself, I really want to listen to my son. I want to listen to their pain. I find that often my kids begin to talk more the less I'm talking. It's amazing. Is there anything of which you need to repent? I mentioned to you earlier on that very often we don't listen because of our own pride. Very often we talk a lot and we dominate conversations because of pride. So I want to ask you that question. Is there something you need to repent of? Amen. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, I bless the people as they listen to this message. I pray, Father, that you take each one of us to another level of listening. I pray that in our families, Lord, we would plan our listening and we would really be intentional about how we show up. I pray, Lord, that you would convict us and you would reveal to us where we have lacked in this wonderful art of listening. I thank you for the opportunity to impact our family members so positively in their self-esteem, in their sense of worth, in their sense of significance, just by listening to them. I thank you for this gift we can give them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.